As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things like their wings on. Well, my wife says the Birds with Friends listeners are getting the real me. You know, at, at times she says, what are you doing? You're like letting too much of yourself out there. You, you sound crazy. I definitely like, don't recommend that, Shield. So uh, the Birds with Friends listeners should have an appreciation for it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends. Started with a little silence there because the Eagles have been silent for much of free agency, but no longer as we have big-time news to react to on this episode of Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Sheila Kapadia, Marissa Morris, the superstars of this week of free agency. Sheila has just been dominating free agency more than anybody. He's written, you know, millions and millions of words. He's all over the athletic. And then he comes in today, and he gets overshadowed by Zach Berman, who breaks the scoop this morning that the Eagles are signing Andrew Adams, or Adam Andrews. I'm not quite sure which one it is. Zach, congratulations to you. Uh, It definitely does not overshadow um, Shields' work, which has been outstanding. And I will say for anyone who listens to this podcast uh, on a regular basis would know the most predictable grade of all was Rashard Higgins getting an A. Uh, <laughs> 2.38 million dollars what are the eagles sleeping on what are they doing forget andrew adams and hassan richway go sign him he could be uh you know he could be one of your top three receivers next year yeah we all How saw that you, coming Sheila what do you, uh, what do you mean how am i you, you don't can't ask me that after i just came in hot with that richard hickens take of course i can yeah I, well listen, it's a very we, exciting time for you because uh, i would disagree that, with that largely <laughs> i don't know what you're about to say but just that i do want to get premise. into i do want to get into like just the life of shield this week i think i'm pretty uh, you know i'm pretty curious like most of our listeners are about just your mental state over these last 72 hours 
All right. Well, let's get to the the GM and the coach and Carson Wentz, and then let's see how you budget your time because we do have a hard out today. And so if you do a good job, you'll get into the life of Sheila. And if you don't, then uh, the listeners will have to wait. Fair enough. And we are also obviously um, audio only on this episode. I felt like um, after the uh, the Ospreys debacle and also uh, for fear of showing this terrible Brett Bielema haircut uh, to the rest of the world that it's it's for the best that we, we oh I forgot about week. that oh we should have done a YouTube that's a mm. be- Marissa Zach that's a bad job by us it, it's Too a nice bad. haircut it, it's a nice oh my haircut God, but it's awful it's the worst yeah. haircut I've ever gotten <laughs> it's a nice haircut but there are it's people terrible. who have asked me how is Bo doing. Because they were concerned about you the other night. So I think our <laughs> listeners do want to know, Bo, how are you? Uh, you know, I'm working through it. Uh, it's good. And I'm glad that we've got some time now for this haircut to grow out before we have to return to uh, the Ospreys, the second, fourth annual. So it'll be good. Um, all right. Why don't we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman for the actual update on what is going on with the Philadelphia Eagles as they uh, did their business to get under the cap and then stayed quiet for the first several days of free agency before today's big splashes. The Eagles started the league year by consummating the trade that we've been waiting for all month. They traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick, and the 2022 pick depends upon who you ask. The Colts will tell you it's a conditional second-round pick. The Eagles will tell you it's a a conditional first-round pick. Of course, it's a matter of semantics there. Uh, It's the same pick, of course, that we are discussing. The Eagles also released Malik Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey uh, shortly after the the, uh, league year started. Before the league year started, they gave Brandon Graham a contract extension uh, that will keep Graham under contract through the 2022 season. And it gives him a better chance of finishing his career with the Eagles. And then, as Bo mentioned, uh, today on Thursday, the Eagles made two signings. They uh, signed safety Andrew Adams from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been with the Bucks and the Giants, has been a starter in the past, has mostly been a special teams player. And then they re-signed Hassan Ridgeway. Uh, the defensive tackle who's going into his third year with the Eagles ended the past two years on IR. And there's one other move that they made, which 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 I, I should not have forgotten uh, when the new league year started. They also signed Adrian Killens, the uh, running mm. back who played one game for the team last year. He also returned. I think it's so, okay if you forgot that. <laughs> so those are the, uh, the the big moves from the Eagles. And you can forget we... all of those, really, <laughs> if you want to. And, and as we are about to discuss um, – Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni both held a well. They held a joint press conference on Thursday. It was the first, it was Howie's first time speaking since the day after the season ended, and it was Nick Sirianni's first time speaking since his introductory press conference. And Zach, um, important news for you on the Hassan Ridgeway signing: uh, you gain a point in Flu World Order because you had Hassan Ridgeway as your number nine likeliest. Uh, eagle to return whereas Sheila and I both had him at number 10 that means that uh, you and I are now one point behind Sheila who is in the lead at the at the moment I thought Dennis indicated that I'm like crushing you guys no it's close uh yes it's close right now right now you have 15 points and uh, Zach and I have 16 points 
I would argue that your decision on the Carson Wentz uh, flu world mm. order is worse than anything Zach has done game theory wise <laughs> in any of our games. I mean, just an inexplicable move that is very likely to cost you a it's victory. True. Here. It, it cost was insane. With Hassan Ridgeway at the very you least. Know? Yeah. I mean, we, we like to judge these things as they happen. And uh, when that happened, it was unbelievable. It was crazy. I was, you know, I couldn't, I didn't know what was happening and uh, you know, it, it, it really could end up being a, a big moment here in birds. Well, with some Friends of the, I will tell history. you, as I look at this, that some of the, some of the swing players here who have big, um, big differences in outcomes, uh, Cam Johnston, if he comes back to the Eagles will be bad news for Shield. Uh, so will J.J. Ortega-Whiteside be bad news for Shield? Cravon LeBlanc coming back will be bad news for me. Uh, Dick Rod, of course, always good news for me. Nate Sudfeld is really the biggest difference maker. You have him as a 6. Shield, Zach has him as a 23. So oh, that's one to keep an eye on. Well, the, um, the backup quarterback options are, are dropping like flies. I mean, really, there's not a lot left. So the Eagles I'm did not I'm sticking with get- my Geno Smith. Okay, Geno Smith uh, and Alex Smith, you know, he's a guy who's who's out there. And oof, you should see the guys <laughs> who are guy under. Who's out there is as you good of a description at, as you can. You should have. look at who's under Alex Smith. That, I mean, those are the those are even worse oofs. So well, uh, speaking about the 2013 draft with Geno Smith, Matt Barkley is out there as well. Ooh, I predicted that, that one a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Very spicy. All right. Um, okay. I suppose. I mean, do you want to talk about these signings, or should we get into what we heard from from Howie and no, Carson? No, right, let's, let's get into let, Howie and Carson. Yeah, I mean, and really. Sirianni. And, okay. and and Nick, yes. Now, uh, Sheila, you had a chance to uh, to peep in on this just a little bit. I did. I was able to watch the uh, press conference as I was doing uh, free agency stuff. So I saw all of the Sirianni uh, Roseman one, and I just saw a little bit of the Carson Wentz one. Well, Zach and I have have talked it out, and you know we're going to do our little takeaway things. But I'm curious what what jumped out to you as the uh, person who didn't have to write about it. As the you know what was the headline to you? What caught your eye as you were half watching? All right. Well, I have a list here. I mean, I think number one, uh, Howie Roseman's got to start listening to birds with friends. I mean, multiple chances mm. during this press conference to really go out there and take accountability. I mean, dude, you've got great well, so does jobs. Carson to- Wentz. Well, well, all right, you just, well, we're talking about Roseman and Sirianni. My gosh, what are you doing? Know, Unbelievable just... how rusty this guy is with a little paternity leave. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, but but really, I mean, your job security is is very good. We've seen that over over many years. They, they chose to keep you. They got rid of the quarterback. They got rid of the head coach. Jeffrey Lurie sort of views you as a, you know, a part of him. You should be feeling good. This is your chance to go out there and say, uh, I haven't done a good enough job. I need to be better. The decisions that have been made fall on me and it's up to me to fix them. And I just feel like there were multiple times where he was asked questions like that and he, and he didn't do it. And he, I don't understand why. I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if he's being coached to not do this. I don't know if he feels like it's not his fault. Even if it's not your fault, go ahead and say it. Like that's part of leadership. Uh, other people in the building are watching Players are watching. Coaches are watching. You know, they would like you, uh, I'm sure, to just kind of go out there and take some accountability. And uh, I don't know. Am I over? Am I overdoing this? I feel like he had opportunities and he didn't do it again. Well, I guess and no. He did say that you know they were terrible last year, and and you know he has to wear that. He has to own that. 
but yeah, he he kept reverting back to he's he's proud of of what they've done there. I I didn't feel this press conference was as much like Howie's record as some of the previous ones have have been. This was more I sort of agree with that on the Carson trade. Yeah, I sort of agree with that. And, you know, I think he could have given a better answer to, like, what would you do differently with a franchise quarterback in the future? The question you asked, Zach. But um, I don't know. I actually I actually uh, am usually on your side on this, Sheila. And I, I didn't think that it was like a crazy uh, failure by Howie to take accountability on this one. Although I do think, like, it's weird that this is year, what, like 11 of Howie being the general manager? And, like, the, the opening... Uh, like address was it was very nervous what was that about well this is my first note was a malik jackson shout out <laughs> what was that he sees he thanks doug peterson he thanks carson wentz he says some other eagles deshaun jackson uh alshon jeffrey i mean i know everybody like hates alshon jeffrey now but the guy did help them like you Absolutely. know think back to your fond memories of alshon jeffrey the guy was very good during the super bowl season and really was a fun player you know like an enthusiastic guy uh, a great teammate all those his things, fun but, like press conferences during the yeah, week. Uh, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, if you think back, you liked Alshon Jeffrey at, at one point in time, but then he goes, Malik Jackson, a real leader. I mean, how many games did Malik Jackson play for them? Under 20, right? Under yeah, 20 games. He was a big leader on the 4 11 and 1 team. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, he had to, I think he had to give him a shout out as part of the uh, agreement with the agent to, uh, you know, whatever that little tweak that, that that they did was to make it even more amenable as a post-June 1st cut or whatever. Okay, I thought that was strange. Another big takeaway, Bo, and I know you're you're going to wear this one, but uh, very surprised to hear you go coach with your uh, your question. Well, we've now. talked about this before. I you know I don't I don't love that I did that, but I I don't have a problem with coach. It's not like an honorific to me. It's not like I'm like you know somebody else followed up with a double Mister Lurie, which I think is so much worse. Uh, uh, just shifting the blame. Wow. I, well, I be, but I'm not, in, I'm not now like, I know why you're in Howie's pocket there. You know, I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that together. coach. I don't think that coach is like bestowing, um, like extra uh, reverence to somebody. Like that's his job. I think it's fine. Like I, I don't. Yeah, I think it. Like I, you know, hey, what's up, coach? That's totally fine to me. I think this is very off brand, Zach. I want you to chime in in a second, but I find this to be very off brand for you. And I actually it's thought little... you were. I thought you were just going to say, you know, because uh, sometimes. You know, it just kind of uh, slips out when you're asking a question. Like we've all stumbled on questions before. I thought you were just going to say that's what happened. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't and, think and, it through, but that's it. Just came out. Plus, it. it's a little. It's a little bit of a butter up. You know, I, I think was that's going to give you the benefit of, of the too. doubt for owning it. But now you're saying it, it's justified, Zach. I I believe you're anti-coach if, <laughs> if memory serves. Yes, I'm. I'm anti-coach. I I mean, I I think Bose was innocent, right? Like I I don't think it was it was meant to put Nick Sirianni on a pedestal, if you will. He just uh, said but, he's buttering him up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't really think it through. But I don't. I don't feel as bad as if I had done like a you know, like a Mister Lurie or something like. But that. But it's it's a very um, in my experience it's a very like college town type thing to do, and um, and I'm not saying that was that was a yeah. Big, and you know what, you're right I, because I, I think, think, I, 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 think I would end. feel worse yeah. about doing it for a college coach. Uh, it, but it's it's very and it's it's like if you're a student reporter 
sometimes and, and you call like yeah. Jim Beheim Jim he'll fire back with the well, yeah, what you call him yeah, that, oh, kind of that guy I mean what was that <laughs> yeah really what, how about that <laughs> clip of him fired that was an athletic writer he went after yeah right? and, and and Matt's not that uh, and uh, as a short guy I can say like <laughs> you know give Matt a little more credit he's taller than me right so, honestly uh, settle down you jerk but, picking uh, on a freaking uh, writer because you don't you're not doing your job well sorry he questioned one of your lineup decisions I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that writer's never you know killed somebody with his oh, car God. either. So. All right. All right. Stop that. Stop I don't know. That. You can decide whether to leave that um, in or not. All right. Back to the press. So what happened. were your takeaways? What What were your big uh, takeaways from the press conference? You, you guys don't don't like my big takeaways. No, I thought those are, who, who said we didn't like them? I don't know. You're saying, eh, I don't think so. I thought Howie was great. He took full to responsibility. Saying coach is fine. You know, all these. I mean, the only other things I... Well, what did you give me your Nick Sirianni? I want to hear your Nick Sirianni thoughts first. Well, let's 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 send it to the the one clip we have of of Nick Sirianni because I think it's a good distillation of his of his personality. As far as the the character of the player, right? We're always looking for these things in a player. We're always looking for tough players. We're always looking for high football IQ players. We're always looking for players um, that are competitive. Right. And we're always looking for players that love ball. Like yeah, in baby. my experience, like those four things, like when you find players that have those four things, like those are the guys you can't go to a game without. Like, hey, these guys, the, the players that have those four things, it, it just feels like every player that I've been around that I'm like, I can't get on the bus or the plane without him. Um, he has those four qualities, right? Because those guys maximize their potential. So first, obviously, talent is 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 the main thing, right? Let's let's not like I I have those four things, but you don't want me suiting up on Sunday. So I like that he gets talent in there, but I mean, I mean, how red flaggy is is the he loves ball? Now he's gonna love Avante Maddox because Avante tough now. Avante loves ball, but uh, you know, I think it's I think it speaks to like his like golden retriever personality. Like he's just so happy to be here. Um, but it's, uh, you know, if this was, if this was Joe judge or Jason Garrett, who has already been like, people are telling us this is exactly what uh, Jason Garrett used to say. We would be, we would be ripping him. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping for, for more substance from, from Nick as, as we go forward. I, I can say this as, as someone who has, has been guilty of doing this in, public settings before like yeah i it's it's a it's a flex to say like i've done this on, on television but i've done this on television <laughs> um that uh if you don't know or like if you don't have something substantive to say say what you're saying very enthusiastically and it will it will go over right so like that's that's like a television trick um so what he was saying actually didn't have much like new to it but but uh, if, this is if, like, if you're watching it, he's saying it with such like passion and enthusiasm. This is a thing that he does uh, that I've that we've seen several times now, where he'll he'll start a list, and it doesn't seem like he knows how he's going to fill out the list yet. And then he goes back to like, yeah, though it's those six things. Those are the, the six things we look for. And then he fills it out, and it's just sort of he, he and he does. He also just happens to like start sentences and not know how they're going to finish. Which listen, I can do that too. But uh, to me, like the big Sirianni question is like, is this his personality in front of the team? Or like how much different is he with the players than he is with us? Um, because if this like is what he's like with the team, I would imagine that um, it's not going to last super long. 
I think the the enthusiasm's probably there with the team, but the 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 like the material, the subject is probably a, a little different. I think he's playing the role of coach sometimes when he's up there speaking publicly. Yeah, and I'm sure. I mean, obviously, he's much more comfortable doing yeah. that. That's what his actual job has been. I mean, I I just read it as like coach speak. Like I'm not ready to kill the guy. For these press conferences, I mean, really, what coaches do you watch and are like, all right, you know, this guy really impresses me. Like, like uh, the, the, the bar that I feel like coaches have to clear is don't be a complete jerk. You know, like I, I don't want the like the Matt Patricia type out there. You know, the, those are the guys who really That's a good point. What is it? Grind my gears, ruffle my feathers. So are, those are all accurate. Right. And, and by yeah. the way, this is why yeah. I liked I liked covering Chip because like say what you will about Chip, but but so he it, would it always comes back to Chip. No, but, but 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 he would always have like some degree of substance in his answers, right? You know, he he would reference things. Yeah, I, I, he would have 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 good references, good good give good specific examples, and he didn't like the generic questions very much. That's true. I I think Chip Kelly liked my questions quite a bit, actually. Very much. Flex a little bit. Uh, My son, much more than maybe any other coach I've asked questions questions to. But I I don't know. Like, yeah, is is Sirianni, I mean, I don't know if like goofy is the right word. Like, I mean, you're right. He gets very excited. I don't really have like a big issue with that. I mean, it's weird. You don't want him to be a complete dud who's just boring and speaking there in monotone in terms of the substance. He says like what every other coach says. I mean, really, he hasn't even had a practice yet. He's talking about these core principles. Yeah, they're the same core principles like every coach has from, you know, peewee to high school to college to right. the NFL. He's not breaking any new ground here. The guy's a son of a coach, is a foot, you know, uh, a football family. Like that shouldn't be that surprising that he's not, um, you know, giving you these kind of innovative answers. And uh, who really cares? And so mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it's a matter of like when you watch it, you know, do you like him or not? I understand. I don't. I don't watch it and think, "Wow, this guy's great. He's going to be the next Bill Walsh." Don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of like, "All right, he's in." The I find him likable. Yeah. yeah, he's in the. Yeah, so yeah he doesn't seem like a jerk. I don't think he's like trying to lie or or uh, you know um, fire back at anybody. He seems very excited to be there, which uh, you know maybe which you're I respect. right about. Yeah. yeah, which you're right about that, Bo. Like you know maybe he wasn't expecting this opportunity to come uh, this off season. I think that's fair, but I like put him in the bucket of you know 75, 80, 90 percent of. That's NFL coaches that we hear from. And so, um, I, I mean, I think it's kind of funny when he gets really excited. Like when he was doing the bit about <laughs> it's his a little, brother, It's endearing, yeah. I, like, I was almost LOLing at that, you know? He's just like going th- on this tangent about the different offenses that his brother has ran, that his brother ran in high school and how he won different state championships with it. And I'm kind of like, And it was funny because right, he realized he was, he was throwing those kids under the bus. <laughs> yes. the, sto- the, the story <laughs> is that his, his he, he calls his brother the best coach in the family. You know, he's, he's the son of a coach. His other brother, Mike, is a head coach, a, a very successful head coach at Division Two. And his other brother was this was a high school coach. And he went to he won the state title, I guess, with two different offenses. One was like a pro style, and one was a spread. And then he like had these you know jabroni athletes and went to the wing tee, and they made it to the the, the state finals and lost. But he realizes that he's like describing the the, the kids as bad athletes. Like I'm so I'm sorry to those guys. So that reminds <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, he of, goes uh, if you might be watching. You know, <laughs> he, he tries. Which to I like, mix in and it reminds all. me of the uh, you know all the. They're all watching the... a Jamestown. I promise you, they are watching every Sirianni press conference in Jamestown. <laughs> and you're probably right. I, I thought so. it was akin to uh, everybody crushing the TCU quarterback. Uh, 
you know, Jalen <laughs> oh, Rager. Yeah, well, you know, he Jalen Rager's season was good last year because that quarterback. Oh my God, the worst quarterback I've ever seen. <laughs> Max Dugan, I believe his name was. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, a uh, Sirianni, the brother, is is my favorite Sirianni personality. Like he, I, 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 agree really, with that. I really relate to him as as a brother. So I, uh, I enjoy I enjoy that. And I don't think that we, you know, I don't read anything into it like, oh, you know, this is how he's going to be in front of the team or, you know, the team's going to hate him. I mean, one thing I've learned, or, or, or I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with this, but like the majority of the players are going to be mostly fine with most coaches and specifically yeah. a coach of his type where it's not just this guy's coming in and being a drill sergeant. Like if you don't do that, then most of the players are going to be like, all right, fine, whatever, you know, I'm showing up doing my job. I have position coaches anyway. Uh, and then, you know, there's going to be a, a segment of the locker room who may think, uh, you know, he's whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. They might not like his messaging or think he's a doofus or whatever, but I, I don't know. Like that's probably going to be for most of the coaches uh, that you have. So I really don't want to overreact to anything that that he said today or well, how he presents it, himself. What it reminds me of is is a thing that we have talked about before. Is you know when Jeffrey Lurie made the call and the Eagles put this video up, um, it was you know we're excited about the coach you can become, and I think that that is like a, an important way to frame it because. Like, this guy is totally growing into the job. He is not, like, a ready-made head coach. And, you know, the media stuff is such a small part of that. But, uh, like, there are going to be growing pains as he, like, figures out what kind of coach he wants to be. Sure. And, yeah. and it's 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 been two public ex- exposures to him, and uh, it's in the Zoom setting. So I also don't want to read too much into it either. And, I mean, Doug Peterson in, in his, you know, first three press conferences compared to how he was later in his career, I, you know, I, I think it's fair to say he improved and figured some stuff out and got more confident and didn't yeah. stumble on his way. I mean, there were still some sort of head-scratching moments late in his career. Don't yeah, well, but, but like a, a real quick Doug story, of, uh, around the same timeline, like uh, two months into his job, it's the owner's meeting to, uh, 2016, and it's, it's not even something that's broadcasted. We're sitting around the table during breakfast, and I ask him his left guard options, and he, he, he names like Jason Kelsey in there. He's like, we have Alan Barber and Jason Kelsey. It's like he was just trying to get to the next question and just totally blanked out on who was on his roster. Uh, so, yeah, these guys are still learning. Okay. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Um, in terms of what else I thought was interesting or, or noteworthy from uh, the press conference, before we get to the Carson stuff, um, I thought that one thing that was interesting was like the way that Howie was talking about in the very beginning, you know, the, the climb that they made before uh, and the climb that they have to make again. And then later on, when he was asked about like the type of players they might be looking for, uh, he said, you know, we want guys who can sort of uh, be here for a couple of years and like be a part of this like rebuilding process. I thought, you know, we, we have been framing it as this is going to be sort of a, a lost year for the Eagles, but it was interesting to hear just um, if you read between the lines, him acknowledging that like 
you know, this is this is the start of something. Not that that's a surprise, but at least you know he was he was upfront about it. It's a valid point. Yeah, it's been consistent. I mean, with what Jeffrey Lurie said during his previous uh, availabilities, I, I don't think they're you know without coming out and saying you know saying it just totally blatantly and and because that's not a good message to send to the players or the coaching staff. I, I mean, they've given every indication that they do not expect this to be a very good team in uh, 2021. He was also asked about uh, Zach Ertz and said, you know, that's a, a thing that has to make sense for both of us, which is, you know, continues the public posturing over uh, trade compensation that they're looking for that's been taking place over the past, I guess, calendar year, basically, but has ramped up, especially over the past couple of weeks. Um, and then the Jalen Hurts thing, uh, you know, how he gave uh, gave Zach, you, you thought it was funny what he said about uh, Oklahoma. I want you to I want you to tell that. Yeah, so he said that so much attention is paid to Jalen Hurts as a runner. He doesn't get an, enough credit as a passer, which is a, a fine point if, if if you believe it and you want to make it. But then he said how <laughs> how Hurts was a 70% passer at Oklahoma. Well, he was a 52% passer last year, which was the worst like completion percentage <laughs> right. of, of any st- uh, quarterback with, I think, 150 snaps or so. so uh, or, I'm sorry, 150 pass attempts or so. So... Uh, uh, not to say Jalen Hurts is a bad passer, but completion percentage is not really the metric that I would fall upon if I'm if, if, if <laughs> and I'm also not to good it. compared to the other Oklahoma quarterbacks, right? In the ball, like seventy percent like in the ballpark, but yeah. But yes, yeah, I mean it's a valid point that quarterbacks that are playing for Lincoln Riley there, <laughs> their their completion percentage has been high. And yes, I, I don't know, I this I can't stand when they go back to the college stuff. You know, Jalen Mills. You know, you don't you don't know this, but yeah. he played safety in college. <laughs> All right, well, who cares? I mean, the guy, you know, like Sam. You think Bradford Belichick will bring day. that up? I don't care about Sam Bradford's pro day. We have like six years of this being the most boring quarterback in the NFL. You know, like we have new refreshing evidence. And so, yeah, I, I'm not here to kill Jalen Hurts, but uh, that that stuff is nonsense. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, to Shield's point there, and I, I know we are tight on time today, so I don't want to go on a tangent. So this is like a, a quick 15-second gripe. You keep hearing that such and such GM or, or coach goes to these pro days just to stock this information away in case this guy becomes a, a, a free agent down the line. If, if if a guy's a free agent five years from now and, and you're judging it based on a, a pro day that, that you saw five years ago when there was no offensive lineman, he wasn't in pads, and you have five years of film at that point, that seems to be a misguided evaluation. So Yeah, but the way I, the ball came out of his hand, Zach. <laughs> Yeah, so I I, oh I, I think that has 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 merit when it comes to like combine pre oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, combine interviews, visits, and you sit with them in person. But this idea of like, well, I want to work them out just in case, you you have so much evidence down the line. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry for that tangent, but I've I've heard that before quite a bit, especially like in relation to Trey Lance and some other players. Hardly a tangent. I agree. I would say. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, the that's final right. thing and, and, that Go ahead. No, I I even don't even really love the interview thing. Like, oh, we talked to this guy at the combine five years ago. I mean, it drives me nuts that coaches think they're like you know uh, psychiatrists or something. Really, sometimes that in in a fifteen minute interview <laughs> they know right away, and then they make mistake after mistake, and it doesn't matter. The next year, oh, we had this fifteen minute interview with the guy at the combine. He blew us away. Didn't you learn your lesson the first time? Uh, you know, really, like if you can't fool somebody. During a 15-minute interview, you know, that's on you. That That's pretty easy to do, mm-hmm. especially with coaching and agents and everything. So, anyway, go ahead, Bill. 
No, I think that I think that stuff is all fair. I think I think um, I would say that like there's a little bit of a difference between that and like um, I was in the building with this guy at a different team, and sure. like so you, you have a better sense of his personality. That stuff, I you know, I think that can also be overrated, but I give I give like fair credence to that. I would, I would agree. agree. Do, do we need to have a? Now I was thinking about our podcast. This is going totally off off uh, off it. topic, but uh, who cares? Um, now, how, how can we grow? How can we continue to grow this podcast? Like, what do you guys Micro? know about like a Twitch channel? Do we need like a Twitch channel? Ooh. Is that a thing? Uh, that is, yeah. Um, okay. Now, right. now the question is: Are are we differentiating ourselves from the YouTube channel? I I, I suppose mm. we can reach a, a different audience, but we're already broadcasted on youtube and and developing a bit of a niche that way that's a what about but, clubhouse but should we be on should we be on clubhouse I don't, what is clubhouse i th- i this is my belief and uh zach or, or marissa feel free to tell me if i'm wrong i think you do like a we'd basically be doing a live show uh but the, we would like limit the number of people i believe or you have Ooh. to have like an invite yes. to be in it uh, or something, and so mm. it's it's like a it's supposed to be sort of a more private uh, chat where you know it could get a little spicy if some of the stuff we said there gets Ooh. out. Like you, you know, Bo really holds back on the podcast usually <laughs> and doesn't uh, say, say say much. Yeah, I don't know. Like, are we are we uh, are we a podcast for the people or are we a podcast for the select few? Well, this is the other thing, you know, so should we be, um, you know, the, what do you know about these non-fungible tokens, Zach? <laughs> I've, I've been uh, researching them in the past few weeks because okay. I, I keep reading what they go for. I, I don't want to sound like an old man here. I, 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 I turn 35 next week, but I don't quite understand. Thank you. I, I don't quite understand the appeal of the NFTs, right? It's essentially just like a, a virtual image. Um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm still trying to learn and, and this might come off, this clip might come off like when I was talking about the passwords and it's like, how much of an <laughs> idiot are you here? Uh, so I'm, I'm still trying to learn, but I, I have, I've had a hard time getting into the NFT so far. I had a friend, uh, you know, who's in the, uh, in the financial industry, uh, ask, he said, Sheil, have you tried to, uh, make an NFT of your Super Bowl prediction? And, uh, mm. you know, see if anyone would buy that. And I'm like, I have no idea how to, I would have no idea how to even do that. I like where you're going, but then I did listen to this, uh, this will be a flex, a little Planet Money uh, podcast mm. where I thought they did the best job of ex- sort of explaining NFTs for dummies. And so that got me thinking, you know, I had a real, I'm just flexing all over the place, but uh, I thought one of my better tweets is my uh, Tupac Mother's Day uh, tweet. And uh, some of these tweets are being uh, purchased, I believe, or, or turned into NFT. I, I could, again, I could be talking uh, totally um, incorrectly here. And so um, I don't know. So if anybody listening knows about this space and if you think we could get any money for any of this stuff uh you know please let us know or if you have thoughts on you know a clubhouse a twitch marissa well, why don't you chime in here you, you know you're, you should be the i'm sure you know all about this stuff i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> all right. i'm like googling this stuff like zach's talking about being an old man i'm like oh my god i have no idea what any of this is so all right okay. it's a, it's I, a thought gonna, I thought you were gonna pitch us an only fans shield no, I was uh, I was not going to do that. But uh, if that's uh, in your wheelhouse, then by all means, we don't restrict uh, any earning power here. 
at birds. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, listen, if you've got if you've got some suggestions for uh, ways we can grow the show, uh, uh, micro I didn't know where macro, you were going with that. Okay, let us know. Uh, but uh, just because we have to have to have twenty three minutes, I, I, I just <laughs> I just want to give a quick thing on the Howie part of the press conference uh, regarding Carson made clear that Carson wanted out, right? Which which we already knew, obviously, but very much said like the reason they made this trade was Carson and his representatives after the season said that they want a fresh start and uh, and and all the things we talked about after the trade in terms of how legal saw the benefit of the cap space and they liked the draft pick compensation but uh, this pretty clearly was was driven by Carson well, at, at least from my interpretation like if well, Carson year, wanted what? to be here if Carson wanted to be here I don't think they would have traded Carson okay but I would also add that if the team really wanted Carson to be here then they wouldn't have traded Carson either I mean, really, they, I mean, they have a guy under a, a a contract. They have leverage. I mean, he could try to pull a Deshaun Watson. I don't get the sense he was going to do that. If they thought, you know what, our best chance of, what what did Howie keep saying? Climbing the mountain. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if they thought their best chance of climbing the mountain again was as Carson with Carson Wentz as their quarterback, and they thought that was going to be by far the, the greatest uh, possible avenue then they would have kept him. They would have said, hey, Carson, I know you're unhappy. Listen, we're going to do everything in our power to help you out, to support you. We've made some mistakes in the past. We don't think last year's indicative of the player you are. We understand why you would want to leave and why you're unhappy right now, but you're under contract. You've got to work with us. Uh, let, let's get on the same page here. Let's move forward with you as our quarterback in 2021. And unless he wanted to sit out games or really just be a complete pain, um, which maybe he was going to do that. Maybe they were afraid of him doing that. I get, you know, I, I think certainly it would have been possible Then they could have done that. But I mean, the bottom line is if they really believed in him as the player, as the quarterback to lead them, then they would have they would have gone that route. So I, I do, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you, Zach. I, I I think Carson, it's clear he did not want to be there anymore. And you get you get at that point, and then you say, all right, well, if the guy doesn't want to be here, what are our options? We can try to really make it work, or we can just trade him and they got a, they got a good haul for him. They got his salary off their books for uh, 2022 and beyond. So I think they just looked at the various outcomes and what could give them the best chance for success in the future. And as I said at the time, it's a move I would have made. And uh, I think it was the right move, but I, I do. I mean, I do think a large part of it is them really trying to message that, Hey, we, you know, uh, they, our arm was twisted here. We had no, nothing else we could have done. Carson Wentz wanted out. Well, that's partially true, but you always, have uh, another option i think that's right i think it's i think it's both things um i you know we talked about it when the trade happened that like i'm sure that the eagles would have loved to bring him back and he be good again if they thought that was likely but they were eyes wide open about the possibility that they could bring him back and he'd still stink or he'd get hurt again and then they'd be in real uh salary cap trouble so i think they weighed all those things factored in the fact that Carson didn't want to be there and, uh, you know, made the decision that they made. As for as for Carson, let's hear what he had to say because he, uh, he skirted responsibility a little bit. Hi, Carson. Uh, I'll miss talking to you. Uh, I don't want to belabor this too much, but you know the narrative in Philly is, well, he doesn't want to compete with Jalen Hurts the team is trying to rebuild and he wants out. Uh, what is the, the situation there? Why did you want out so badly? 
Yeah, I mean, for, for starters, like I said, there's a lot of conversations that happen at the end of the year that uh, with my agent, with, with everybody that, you know, I'm not going to delve into the dive into the specifics on that. Um, as far as being a competitor, I've never once questioned my um, competitiveness, um, you know, but at the end of the day, this was outside of my control. And, you know, I, I am appreciative of everything that, that happened in Philly of, you know, all of the opportunities. And, um, you know, I know I, where I'm at today for five years, I gave everything I had both on and off the field. And, and like I said earlier, when I lay my head on that pillow at night, I know I gave everything I had. It didn't go the way that we all desired and wanted it to go, but uh, I can sleep well at night knowing I, I poured my heart and soul into everything I had in that city on and off the field. And we're excited for, the, for a new start and for a new opportunity. But are you saying you didn't want to be traded? Hang on, let's say it one more time. I'm sorry. Are you saying you didn't want to be traded? I'm not saying one way or another. So there you go. What do you guys think? I mean, clearly, if he wanted to be traded, right? Like that's that struck me as if he's not, if well, he didn't want to be traded, he would say he didn't want to be traded. And what I thought was like really the eye-opening thing that he said uh, after this or before this, I actually don't know when it came, was uh, you know when he when it hit him that you know he might not want to be there, and he said it was the Packers game, like when he got benched, like. There was no part of you that was like, I can still win this job back um, or like I deserve to be benched because I'm playing terribly and have been playing terribly for most of the season. It just feels like there. I mean, you know, maybe we don't need to spend much time talking about Carson Wentz anymore, but it does it, ju- it does just feel like um, he obviously doesn't think he deserved to be benched, but he doesn't really recognize uh, his own role in uh, in some of this stuff. Well, so I, I I jumped on that that call after the Hallie Sirianni call was finished, and uh, the question regarding the Packers game, he was asked for the moment. He didn't, add, and, and then he said, "Was the Packers game?" And then he kind of agreed it was the Packers game because he didn't know at that point. That. If it, but it wasn't leading per se. It was it was more my interpretation of it was that was when he realized that he might not be the starter here anymore. Um, you know, because because they would pull him, and 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 to your point. Uh, before that, I, I don't know if, if Carson fully grasped that, like, they could pull him because, and we've discussed this, he, he, he was the guy that the franchise was built around. And so they, it never reached that point before then. When he was pulled, I think that's, that's, that's when he first realized that they might not be as committed to him as he thought. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I heard the question too, and it, it part of the okay. question certainly was, you know, was it the Packers game? And uh, my interpretation was the same as Zach's, which is that was sort of the moment when he thought, all right, well, I might not be the guy here. But you are yeah. right, Bo. I mean, he didn't, you know, he he certainly could have at no point at any time, as you said. <laughs> I didn't play well, and I understand why I was benched. I mean, that would be a really easy thing to say. Every statistical measure, you were one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, we were calling for him to be benched uh, far before he actually did get benched. And so uh, it should not really have come as a surprise to him. Maybe he felt his standing uh, was secured. This kind of goes to what Howie Roseman was talking about. And, you know, he, he was talking about how you support quarterbacks and whether you take their input. And so, you know, if you're asking Carson Wentz for his input on different things, 
things. And if Carson Wentz feels like he has this special relationship with whether it's the GM or the owner, then I could see how he would be a little bit in a bubble to not even think that uh, getting benched was a possibility. And, and that is what it sounds like. It sounds like it's something that never crossed his mind, despite how poorly he had been playing. Okay. Anything else from Carson to jump out to you, Zach? Uh, no, no, you know, I, I, I th- it was, it was nice hearing him speak. Uh, he obviously didn't go into too many details about what, what, what led to that point. But I have to go back and watch the full press conference. As I watch said, I, film. I watch the film. <laughs> mm, I jumped on, I jumped on at the end. Right, of, this guy don't lie. Yeah, I, I, I jumped on at, at the end of Howie and Nick. Uh, okay. I did think I did think it was a nice jacket. I will say I think he had a nice blue patterned uh, jacket with a I think it was a white pocket square in there. Uh, nice, uh, like, like similar dot. color scheme to the one that Sirianni wore, actually. Oh, okay. Obviously, a different, uh, a less clashy shirt. Yes, but, that was the key. What was he wearing? Yes. He was wearing like a white shirt, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the key. I mean, if you're going to wear it, that, that was the whole point. Now, it wasn't that Sirianni's jacket was bad. It was that you, you don't want to go pattern, pattern. You want to go pattern, pattern jacket, solid, solid shirt. And, and then the, the pocket square matches the shirt. You know, the pocket square doesn't match the tie, anything else. And really just, you can keep it simple there with, with the white pocket square and the white shirt. You know, that, that is a, a winning combination. I've heard that you don't want to uh, you don't want to match the pocket square to the shirt though <laughs> directly. You it, want to, it, sure want to you be do. a similar a similar type uh, uh, color scheme, but not a perfect match. What do you mean? So like a like a like a cream versus an off white versus a no, like but a like a, a, a some type of pattern about? to it. But 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 that and that's if you're going with a patterned jacket no i think that or no i guess like maybe it. maybe i'm going maybe no that's tie i guess yeah no, you don't want to match the pocket yeah. square with the tie no. okay yeah i also liked how on the uh picture of them coming off the plane uh, carson was holding the baby uh which which was nice to see because i i think too often in in these uh in these images it's like it's like the coach is out in front or the players out in front and then the the mom is is there with like all the kids hanging off them or mm. hanging off her, her, her rather. So, well, of course, uh, we've, so talked about, carrying, we've talked yeah, about we've talked about how there's no there's no greater hero in this world than a father carrying a baby in public. <laughs> Just the, the the comments you get, like, oh my goodness, look at you, like. Well, I mean, you know, no, the, the very lightest lift possible. No one will talk about really talks about this, but really the. Part of being a parent is that you can use the kids for oh, stuff, right? It's so, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that like makes like you you know you just mentioned that wow he looked great uh, coming off the plane holding the baby like we I remember we great had like prop, a yeah. uh, we had like a I don't know if it was a three or four year old uh, I think Naya's birthday party and um, you know she had this guy this was in Seattle and she had this uh, person who would come to her school and do like a music day, you know, like once a week or something, play the guitar. And she really loved that. And so she wanted to get this guy to do a birthday party. So we're like, all right, yeah, we can do that when people were allowed to have birthday parties. And so we did that. Uh, but, but the guy's like trying to get parents involved, 
You know, like, all right, uh, guys, you know, if you guys can join in, it would really make the kids do it more. And I'm like, what are you crazy? This like, we're paying you to do this. I'm not paying you to get me involved to walk in a circle and clap and dance right now. So I told my wife, I'm like, give me Lila. Lila was a baby then. I'm like, give me Lila. I'm not getting in this circle. So, you know, then I, I don't I don't look like the jerk who's just in and they're going, I'm not doing that. So uh, I actually look like a father who's taking care of another child. And so that's the type of thing you can do so if you're if you're out there thinking of whether to have a child or not uh you know these are some of the benefits that should come to mind yeah and also yeah also (laughs) serves as like uh an identification card that uh you're not like a uh like a terrible uh dangerous person now does that that is not to say (laughs) that is not to say (laughs) i never thought that's not to say that parents can't be dangerous people but like if you're like uh, like you see someone walking up behind you on the street, but they're like pushing a stroller. It's like, you, you know, you let your guard down a little bit. <laughs> okay. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, no, that, yeah, you, you, you would not view, I would agree that you would not view that person as a threat, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. That wasn't the first I mean, everyone's a threat. Everyone's a threat these days. I don't want to get anybody's germs, I, you know. I've never once said we need to have a baby so people don't think that I am a threat to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you're okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, very quickly, the last thing that I thought was notable from Howie's uh, press conference is he said, you know, he was asked about Jeffrey Lurie's involvement uh, in football operations. He said that it, he's always been involved. It hasn't changed. So uh, no, but he said it hasn't changed. In the, hold on, he said it hasn't changed in the last couple of years. Did you catch that? He didn't uh, say it hasn't. He didn't yeah. say it hasn't changed since I've been with the Eagles or in the last ten to fifteen years. He said it hasn't changed in the last couple of years, which I don't know if that was a slip of the tongue or not. But I did think that was sort of. A, well, a I think he was. Dur- I think he's sentence. answering the question about whether it's changed in the last couple of years because it's about oh, like okay. uh, you know like there's the Arthur Whiteside story um, that right. Jeff McClain had. So I, I would give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I think. Okay. I also thought it was very funny when he like caught himself referring to the agent and then made sure that he specifically mentioned Ryan Tolner by name. Well, I, yeah, what it- I, I actually like that, by the way. Um, you know, because uh, you hear sometimes with like coaches when they call a guy the player or like the agent, like it's a it's a it's a it's a person. I had a conversation with Ryan. I had a conversation with Carson. Right. As as opposed to well, we we really like the player. You know, like I, I don't. Uh, that part of it is I, I actually like when Howie shows a, a human side. I think he's just taking his, uh, you know, taking a cue from some of the reporters out there who, you know, go out of the way to really compliment the agents on oh every God. deal that they make, you know, butter them up. So I, I really think that's all well, this um, is the- unbelievable. Job. Wow, huge money negotiating by Agent X. Oh, my gosh. This person is a genius. Well, this is a, a trend that you saw start in the NBA and it's slowly permeating into the NFL is that like for, for so long, I, I hope I'm not giving anything away here. It was like league source, you know, was and it's often thought to be the agent and not in all cases, but in, in, in some cases, well, some NBA agents, they just put their name onto it and it became like a branding opportunity. You, you know, Woj would have uh, or, or Shams right. would, would, would have that this guy signed a contract according to the agent. And now you see certain agents say like put put according to so and so, which which is which is good if you're proud of the deal, put your name to it. Yeah, it's it's less about that and more about like what a job by uh, you know Schmo Brothers Incorporated to yeah. 
to get Andrew Adams this this guaranteed deal. They've got uh, a do great you guys have any base, uh, Schmo Brothers Incorporated? I really I think they've done a great job of landing some top clients recently. Wait, by the way, uh, uh, Howie did say, and 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 we'll see if this is true or, or or not. But Howie did say there's no mandate from Jeffrey Lurie to build around Jalen Hurts. That uh, the only mandate is to build the best team. So we'll see. I I I know not to uh, doubt Chris Mortensen's reporting. Mortens is outstanding. Uh, but it's 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 gonna be fascinating to watch here the next few weeks. Um, I do want to get to the life of Shield, but uh, very quickly, do you guys have any thoughts on Hassan Ridgeway? Better be quick. We've and got Andrew an all hands meeting. Yeah. So Andrew Adams, know, real quick. Um, uh, the Eagles are are not like the Eagles are realistic about this. They're bringing in Andrew Adams as a depth safety with experience to compete. I would view it more as a Rudy Ford replacement than as a Jalen Mills replacement. Andrew Adams made the depth special teams fighting for a roster spot of my defensive backs rankings and did not make the uh, top 150. So, I, I mean, I think that's what he is. And then as yeah. far as as far as Hassan Ridgeway, year three with him, second year on a one-year deal here. Uh, I thought it made sense to trade for him back in 2019. I thought he showed some things then. You're bringing him back in 2020 after IR. I think it's somewhat unimaginative now after playing only 14 games the past two years to have Ridgeway here. It's a low-cost signing, but I do think they could have done better. I think the Ridgeway huh. deal is fine. I think you're being yeah. a little unfair, actually, because it's just, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a capable third defensive tackle, like very replacement level at that spot. You yeah. fill it. You hope that you can do better in the draft. Uh, you know, he, he he he's still 26 years old, so there is some upside. He's played well when healthy. I think it's totally fine. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, 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 agree I don't that. object to it. I, I just think it's it's a... And they it's could still like they can still assign somebody else too. And both exactly. of those guys uh, qualify for this like uh, sort of CBA loophole where if they're signing minimum minimum deals, they actually count a little bit less against the cap than their their deals are. So it's some sort of minor surplus value. It's it's they're fine. They're both fine. Uh, Andrew Adams versus Adam Andrews has been in my head since somebody brought it up. So I just want uh, if anybody else has this issue trying to remember it, it's. Andrew Adams, so A-N and then A-D, not A-D, then A-N. So he's a Nad, not a Dan. That's going to help precisely nobody. It helps me. It's going to help me. He's a Nad. Okay, one person. Okay. Uh, Sheil, you have been a busy man. We've got five minutes to really get deep onto your psyche, your uh, physical habits. How has this uh, been reaping its toll on you over the past uh, four days? It's not that bad, actually. I mean, the because the hard work came by doing all those position by position rankings mm. in the top 150. But now it's like, all right, they you know, Team X signed a guy. Oh, they signed him for more than I thought or less than I thought. I already have a blurb written. I can pop that in there. I know whether I think the the team is competent or not with the move, and then I slap a grade on it. So um, it it actually has not been. Uh, too taxing. Now, keeping this uh, step streak alive, that has been a challenge. Yeah, it's still alive. Uh, The other night, as I tweeted at at you, I think, Bo, I was just uh, really just frantically storming or did a little loop around (laughs) the kitchen and the living room at like 1030. You know, I had like something like uh, 5,000 steps or something to get in in uh, 90 minutes. And I just had to, uh, I had to do it. It's become an obsession. I don't know if it's helping. It doesn't seem like it's helping me health wise at all, but it's something to 
uh, push for every day. And so, um, you know, during this all hands meeting that we're, we're going to have, uh, mm. that we have uh, every month or whatever at the athletic, I'm going to make sure I'm moving around for that one and getting some steps in. Actually, Shield might be in front of his computer typing because a little breaking news for you. Roman Catholic's own Will Fuller uh, is signing with the Miami Dolphins, a one-year deal, according Ooh. to both ESPN and the NFL Network. What do you think the number is going to be? I will say... I'll defer to the expert on this one. I will say... 13 million. Really? No. I, Aguilar maybe, got well, 12, right? Okay, I'm not going to say no, but uh, I think it's going to be... Let's say nine and a half million. Okay. You're, I mean, you're the expert. I, I just think can't believe be that right. Aguilar is. I think Aguilar is. I can't believe he's going to get more than than. Fuller. Well, yeah. Let's let's save my Patriots take for the next podcast because uh, I mean, really, give me a break. Give me. Oh a yeah, break. and I want to have an Aguilar Darby discussion on the next podcast too. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, something uh, and for Shield, people to look forward your, to. Who are your Who are your two Fs? Oh, my two Fs are Andy Dalton and Kenyon Drake. <laughs> That's really quick, my Andy Dalton thing. It's that on top of everything you already know about, I have this Allen Iverson theory, okay? So when I was in like middle school and um, Allen Iverson was on the Sixers, I had to watch every game, you know? I, yeah. I remember there it would be Halloween and, you know, friends would be, all right, let's go for Halloween. I'm like, no way. The Sixers opener is tonight and Allen Iverson is playing. I'm going to be in front of the TV. And so they only get to one finals. But do you know how many like uh, two and a half hour windows of enjoyment he gave me, and I, I listen, I know all the other stuff we can get to, but just as a fan, I feel like winning, and this will be a controversial take, winning is overrated. The joy of being entertained and actually mm. liking a player or a team and being glad you just spent two and a half to three hours with them is really underrated, in my opinion. And so with Andy Dalton, regardless of what you, you think of him as a player, it's like the Sam Bradford thing. Like Bears fans know that regardless of what their record is next year, at uh, 7 o'clock on Sunday, Sunday nights, they're going to freaking hate that they just spent three hours <laughs> watching that team. And it was terrible, and they had to do it because that's what you do with sports fans, but it sucks. And so on top of everything else about why that should get an F, uh, that's the part I did not, you know, was not able to fit in my little write-up, but that is certainly a big part of it. All right, we got to go. I also think uh, I think it might have been uh, DFOP, uh Ryan, who, who put like, I just can't believe that like Ryan Pace is going into this final year. Like this is his last chance, and he's 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 risking it all for Andy Dalton like you can't be a little bit more creative than that give me a break so yeah anyway okay. uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends thanks to everybody for listening we will uh, be back whenever it is that the Eagles sign somebody else maybe they'll sign uh, Ulysses Van Buren uh, or some other player uh, and otherwise we'll just be back next week so for Zach and Shield I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. And for Marissa as well, as always. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.